right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to an episode of Devil's Daily. It is Sunday, March 5th, 2023, recording 1048 p.m. Eastern. And since we last spoke to y'all on our platforms, and uh, by the way, thanks to everyone who uh, subscribed, supported uh, devilsinsiders.substack.com if you want access to all of uh, our episodes and, and posts and everything. Uh, we've been having a blast so far. The team's been on a roll. And since we last spoke, the Devils picked up three points over the weekend, a shootout loss in Vegas, and an overtime victory over the Arizona Coyotes. So we can talk about the games, maybe not as interesting as some of the other games, but we'll talk about them. We'll set the deck for next week and uh, talk about... Uh, we, we will get to the one transaction we haven't talked about yet. We'll probably do that at some point later in the show, but a good amount to get to. But uh, Dave, the Devils get three of four points. And I think, you know, maybe you, you, you don't love some of the game management stuff or the puck management stuff in Arizona, but I'm, you know, my mindset currently is, uh, you know, speaking about the last two games is that they are pushing the pace a lot. They are pushing the the shot counter and the quality counter. Uh, they're starting to look like everything's starting to look a little bit easier. You know, they're still, you know, in the Arizona game, they, they still made some tried way too hard and tried way too hard to force things when they, you know, they, the, the play was there to be made and they just were very sloppy with it. But you see the breakouts as a majority are starting to get easier. The game's starting to get, well, I mean, it's not fair to say, but it's looked easier at times, Dave. And obviously having a, a full lineup and the new addition of the lineup helped uh, as well on Sunday. But I think if you were in the camp of, hey, I know they're winning a lot, but I'd like to see it just be a little bit crisper, a little bit sharper, everything tick up a little bit. Uh, I think you're getting that. And, you know, the Vegas game, Dave, was right there, even though they, they lost it. And honestly, I've, you know, to be full disclosure, I I watched the game on DVR. The Vegas game was out of town. Uh, I didn't even watch the shootout. Don't care. Uh, but I think generally, Dave, we're back to where, you know, we're liking a lot of the things we're seeing. There's really not much to complain about. The only things we're really complaining about is maybe just some isolated mistakes. So if that's what we're spending most of our time on, I think that's that's great as we really start to hit the stretch run now because the trade deadline's over. Yeah, I think the general run of play, and sure, the, the Arizona game, there's some things I didn't love. Okay, but yeah, generally speaking, I, th- I think they've been more good than bad and, and and it's weird because like now they're they're not getting the best of goaltending right now so then it mm-hmm. kind of evens it out where you say okay if they get good goaltending in, in the colorado game they 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 whomp them like it's it's over yep. you know and then even if you say okay vegas well i guess goaltending was f- fine in, in in the vegas game it's more of they just got goalied themselves and that game should have been six to three or something like that so and then the arizona game was somewhat so both goaltending yeah, and some yeah, ugly they, plays. It was it was non-complimentary from both ends. I'll say that. Yep. Uh, if you want to, you know, just kind of dumb it down to that, but yeah, most of it has looked pretty darn good. And sure, there, you're going to have a little bit of. Uh, you know, I, I just want to preface this before I get into because it, it's going to not make sense. I thought the Arizona game they wanted to get on a plane. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking, I thought they were not wanting to do the little things to get to where they had to go to win a game. Whereas I thought they were pretty tough on it uh, in Vegas and against Colorado. The, the desire wasn't quite 
there it felt against Arizona, and I think and that's even still, why... I thought they were just uh, like they were just so much better than they didn't mm. have to be, and like like the the goals they gave up, Dave, it was you know like there was three guys around the crease because they over pursued the play, yeah. or like, it was well, just silly. The, the one that the the tying goal was Dougie shot it up the middle, and there was a guy waiting mm-hmm. for it. It was just stupid shit. Well, I mean, sometimes it's kind of been there. I mean, look look who they've lost to. Their regulation losses are all to non-playoff teams in 2023. So I I don't know. I, I think we discussed this probably a, a, maybe the Montreal game, I guess it was, that they play down to their opponents in the sense of I don't think they play down where they're just not like where they, they just want to skate at their pace. It's more of I think it becomes the easier it becomes for the Devils. Sometimes they forget the level of execution perhaps that you need to still operate with at times, especially defensively. And I think that's what we've seen in some of these games is that they get a little sloppy. They try to make one too many plays because they know that they can most of the time. And I think they get, that's caught. what it is, right? They're yeah. feeling their oats a lot. It, yeah. It's it's a, it's not like, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not playing down to their opponent. It's almost like it's thinking cocky. It's over yeah, cocky. It's, that's it, all. That's, yeah. that's really, Yeah. Better said. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like. And and I think that's correctable in a sense. You know, it's it's just them needing to be a little bit more, you know, determined in these games where it's like, yeah, you're you're probably gonna win because you're the better team. So all in all, a, a solid road trip. I mean, you're gonna take this and now you sort of get into the the meat and potatoes of it here, Jeff. This this gets pretty challenging here now, uh in, in March. So I'd like to think they're in a pretty decent spot and, you know, we'll see uh, what the next couple of weeks bring. Yep. Uh, why don't we talk about now kind of what the roster looks like, especially because it's in a pretty good shape in terms of, of health right now. And we got to see the debut of Timo Meyer on, uh, on Sunday. And I thought the game, Dave, like you saw them in the first period were pretty active in terms of consistency. Now maybe they had a shift or two along the way, but it was really most of a first period for that line. Like they were really active uh, in the first 20 minutes. And I thought again, Dave, we talked about the simplicity of his game allows you, it allows him to always look solid. I think like you're, you're not going to find many games. Where we're going to say, boy, Timo Meyer was really bad. Like, I, I don't think that's going to happen along the way here for him to come in and it's easy to forget, like he hadn't played in a few weeks, forget learning a new system, new teammates, uh, two teammates who are, uh, can be a challenge to keep up with because they're so fast with their skating, their hands and their vision. Like it could be a challenge for anyone to step in that lineup, but I thought he looked solid Dave for the most part. Like he, I, he was exactly what you wanted him to be North South hard on the boards, get to the front. Uh, the only thing, and the only things that he looked out of place on were, the things I just prefaced with really like there were a few times where he, when it was when they were on the four check or in the neutral zone, he was way too far to the middle of the ice or way too far to the right side. But again, that's learning it, getting back in the the rhythm of things. Uh, And there was some, you know, maybe a little bit of bunching and spacing, but that's also new teammates, new system, all that stuff. So I think that's the fun part of him, Dave, like any, any, he scored a goal, you know, parked right in front. Tremendous. That's the enjoyable part of his game is, even when he's not at his best, I think he's still going to be solid and he's still going to do the the smart things right and, and support play and all that. And I think you saw that. I think relative to the ecosystem he just got dropped in, I thought he was pretty good. But just from a general objective standpoint, I thought he was solid. Yeah, funny, Jeff, isn't it? That for years, I know we've kind of looked at all of the, the Amanda Stein written lineups from years past and looked at the 
people who aren't even in in North American hockey anymore that were in those lineups, like mm-hmm. Kenny Agostino being one of them who's over in mm-hmm. Russia right now, and guys who maybe even are farther down in the KHL. And thinking, wow, it's kind of tough to get into this this lineup and actually fit in right away because of the way they play. That they they actually have such a defined structure and skill level to them that even a player like Meyer, you're going to expect it to take a little time in terms of just overall understanding. And okay, if I if I have the puck here, this is where you need to be, and you know you need to make yourself available for for a pass here in this situation. You know, just little things that are going to take some time and and mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll get there, but like playing with Jack Hughes is not easy, Jeff. Like you have to, you have to move and you have to, you know, and you have to be in the right spot. And we've seen Holtz fail in that regard, not comparing the two between Meyer and Holtz, but just saying examples of you can't think and move with Jack or you're going to be behind him. And he's got to react. Yeah. <laughs> the, expectation, you know, the expectation is it's going to take a little time. And look, Timo Meyer is a, a, you know, a top flight player. He's going to get there for sure. But it's just a matter of, you got to get a, a few games underneath your belt. And um, to your point there. Yeah. Like he, he brings like a certain level of just why I like him with those two and why I'm not making line changes anytime soon here. Cause I think you've really started to find things mm-hmm. is that, He's he's gonna go win pucks for those two, and and I know you could switch other things around, but the first and third lines are working right now, Jeff. So I don't know if I want to do that. His goal was was started by him absorbing a hit uh, mm-hmm. when he got the puck in the zone. Guy just you know shed it off of him, and everything started after that. You know there was there was a few puck touches from that, but you know someone's got to get gain control of the puck, right? I mean it has to start somewhere, and and I think that. If you look at what he brings in terms of more battles and, you know, being able to to fly to a spot and kind of not care what the contact is going to be, that's going to allow Bratton and Hughes, especially as they get on the same page with each other, to play off of that. And that's going to be, you know, impressive. And, you know, you think of the idea of, okay, he goes and wins a puck and it gets free. You know, maybe it, it rims around to, to Brad or something who's in the zone. Okay, well, now you have to go react to that. And Meyer's now on the hunt. You know, he he can free himself up from that and then go be a shooter. So it's going to take time. You know, like it's a perfect amount of time, honestly. Like they'll they'll get through it the next 20 games here, you mm-hmm. think, and, you know, really start to feel themselves. I'm sure they'll get there. It's three incredibly talented players. But, yeah, there will be room for improvement just because, of course there should be, right? I mean, we wouldn't expect anything less. And But great to see him get a goal. You know, the nice thing about his game, though, is there's a, there's a simplicity to it. As much as he can make great plays or get great shots off or use the body and create havoc, he just cleans up in front of the net as well. There's still the bread and butter to his game. And you saw it because maybe that's what this team is still missing sometimes is the, quote, easy goals. Not that what he scored was an easy goal, but in terms of, just being around the net and, and making things happen. That's a good sign because that's above everything else. That's still what you brought him here for is just to clean up in front of the net. Yep. You know, when they put Sharon Govich with Hughes and Brad, I think like when Jack and Brad have the puck, obviously they're great. They're going to control the neutral zone. They're going to be a pain in the ass to catch or get position on when, you know, when they're running around the perimeter as, as they're going to try and find a lean to drive inside. But when that line didn't have the puck, like sometimes that line's not going to have the puck and they're going to have to go back and get it. And I think that's why you saw some of those games before the trade deadline of when that line was together, 
you know, they were sitting in some XG performances in, in the 40s, right? They weren't really up to a Brat Hughes standard, uh, you know, the high 50s or, or the low 60s. Like, you didn't see that. And I think now they've got a guy. So even if they're, if they don't have the puck, with Meyer doing what he can do, like, and Brad, you still see him every once in a while, you know, he, he bumps the body or he's got that great core balance where he can get inside leverage on someone and get the puck back. Like when they don't have the puck now with the addition of Meyer, they, you feel like they can go get it back and then they can make a play uh, inside the zone, not a rush play. And they could do that in general, but it makes it easier. It makes it a better fit and overall balance of the line that you have them out there and that you feel like they're, they can go get the puck back. And then once they do, I mean, forget it, because you might already have the D zone running around a little bit. So let's see. I thought a real solid performance, though, for game one, for sure. And the lines are starting to fit together, Dave. And, you know, the third line, I mean, it goes back a little bit. Apologies, a little uh, pop-up on my computer there if that came through. But the third line, you know, it goes back, Dave, even it goes back a few weeks, right? I mean, we talked about that needing to be a thing, especially because the fourth line wasn't going. And then if you don't have a third line, your fourth line at the time was bad. If Nico and Jack are off that night, like if you're asking a lot, you're asking basically for your goaltender to win the game. And at that point, that's kind of what was happening, right? They basically had two useless lines. Jack was on a heater and Nico was solid, but like they needed their goaltending to win a lot of games. And now you've got a third line ever since that, whatever the game was right before the Minnesota game, when they put, Sharon Govich and Halla and Zetterlin together. Like the, the, you saw moments of connectivity in the ozone. Now, maybe it wasn't always perfect in terms of D zone or what their overall numbers look like for the night, but you, you saw the glimpses, right? Then it started to materialize a little bit. Then Sharon Govich was off the line. Then it was Zetterlin and Palat. And now for a little bit, it's been, you know, and sh- you know then Sharon Govich came back down, then Boquist. And you've seen a little bit of a, a mishmash there, but it's still it's still been pretty reliable now. Even if they've as they've moved some pieces with Zetterlin coming out and not sure what to do with Sharon Govich, Dave, the third line has looked relevant for weeks now, and it's gaining more traction. It's getting better and better, and it's a nice spot. I mean, Dave, we've talked about lines. No matter what line you're talking about, you just want to have lines that work together because it just makes your job so much easier as a coach you don't have to it's hard enough to win a damn hockey game uh you know even if even if all four of your lines are going dave imagine you know trying to juggle lines and figure it out like it's just non-stop and it's like it, it hurts to watch sometimes because like my gosh like how, like teams that go to the conference finals really don't change their lines all that much no matter what level first to fourth line you don't see much change on those teams. Like the Bruins don't change their lines. The Lightning don't change their lines. And now the Devils are in that pantheon of group of you know, teams that are at the top of the league. And now maybe they finally have them. And it's Palat, it's Halla, and Jesper Boquist, who we've given a lot of love to lately. And boy, he's he he's starting to get like even a few games ago, I think you were happy with what you were seeing, but man, he's starting to make a, even a few more creative puck plays a game. He got an overtime shift, Dave, against uh, against Vegas. I don't know if he got one against, well, he didn't get one against Arizona. It was done in 23 seconds, but I mean, there he's played well. The coaching staff is trusting him and, you know, Hall has been the guy there through all of it. He's had different line mates throughout the last few weeks, but they're strong, Dave. They're, they're tough. You know, Boquist is 
know, there was a time where I thought Jesper Boquist was, was not hard enough on the puck, and I think most of this year he has been, and that's been a benefit to him, trying to transforming into a different hockey player than he was drafted as. So you want to talk about a line that you know I think is becoming a fan favorite just because you know, they'll play any type of game it is. You know, they can play a little skill game, but they're going to play a little grindy game. They're going to try and protect their own D zone and all that. It's been fun watching a third line materialize because it's kind of just fit in with everything, right? Like even if you go back to when Hall, whoever was with Hall on the third line, the last few weeks started to work, everything starts to feel right a little bit. Like the fourth line, as soon as that Hall led third line with Holtz, not Holtz, um, God, I'm talking a lot here with, um, Zetterlin and all them, like th- that's when the fourth line started to pick it up, right? Dave, we saw McLeod start to pick it up. You saw Wood start to pick it up just a touch, and now everything's going again. So it's been fun to watch that because it was Frankenstein for most of the year. And now with some additions, everyone's healthy, finding the right fits. Like, I'd love to see the lines not touched from now until, you know, mid June. <laughs> No, I agree. I, I I think this is what you should attempt to go in with. You want to throw Lazar in there. We'll get to him in a second. Okay. But Jeff, the third line was a big point of contention for pretty much all year that even, even when they were on the 13 game winning streak, they were kind of piecemealing together a third line, right? It was like whatever they could, you know, the extras were the third line. And some nights Dawson Mercer on that third line would give you something, but it wasn't, you know, they didn't have an identity of a third line pretty much all year. And I know there was a lot of the, you know, painstaking got to get Hala off of Jack's line. And they finally didn't did it. And lo and behold, he looks like he belongs there. Shocking. Um, how how cool is it that you have Boakfast, a player that is starting to figure it out if he was by the game? You know, you're you're starting to see him. You know, it, it's interesting, Jeff, that his game is evolved by just being a good skater that does things the right way yes. and doesn't cheat it. And now you're seeing him start to say, okay, you know, I've got pretty good hands. You know, I can do things with the puck. And you're seeing him get more and more confident. Mm-hmm. And and it's so interesting because you know, there, there is, again, I'm not trying to say that there's this, you know, gigantic ceiling for him or anything like that, but is he certainly playing himself into being an important player from the standpoint that he's going to be cheap beyond this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he absolutely is. And you even have to wonder if, if there's a chance he plays center next year on this team. That could very well happen. I, I really do. I, I think that that's something that's becoming a, a possibility. But, you know, you're playing him, a player that is just starting to figure it out and seems like every game he's growing with a guy who's been to a Stanley Cup final and a guy who's won twice and been to another one. Doesn't mm-hmm. that feel like a really smart third line there? Like you have the speed and the youthfulness, but you have two guys who have been there before, played a ton of playoff games. This was a huge issue, Jeff, for most of the year. And I know most of us felt the answer was put Hollow there and it'll figure itself out. Well, yeah, easier said than done. They finally do. Their ability to actually run four lines is going to make them better. Like, obviously, Jack is not on a heater anymore, and they're going to have to figure out the Meyer stuff. Okay, but the best version of this team is going to be when they can roll all four of them. And it's felt that way now for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that line's only getting better. And and sure, you can you can figure out if you need to put Lazar on the fourth line if if you don't if you don't think you have what you need there, but. 
I wouldn't touch the top three lines right now, Jeff. Like uh, honestly, like unless somebody you know goes down or you get five plus games of nobody scoring, which I don't think is going to happen with this team. Sure, hope not. Um, I I really think that you have to keep that line together and let it grow uh, along with the others, right? I mean, yep. it finally feels like they have a third line that can affect the game. Yep. Yeah, teams that win Stanley Cups do not have to play with their lines very much. So if 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 this is kind of what it is, uh, give. Well, I know the idea is maybe, hey, Timo and, and Nico. I mean, maybe, but right now that you don't have to, you don't have to try and jam that uh, together and essentially maybe dissolve a you know a line that that's rolling right now. Now, now the one part of this, Dave, is that I don't know how much time we want to spend talking about this, but I guess we should some. I know people have been fed up with Yegor Sharangovich for a little bit. Like it's been a it's been another crazy year for him. Like it was Dave, he was part of that third line and she didn't know what to do with. Then they were winning games. So like, all right, you're not gonna bump him up yet. You're just gonna kinda go with what you got, and unfortunately he's the odd man out right now, considering the lines they were rolling. And then it was everyone's tired of Halla. Because he's not finishing plays. Okay, let's put Yegor in there. And then he had a few good games where he did score some goals right after the change was made. But then you started to see it slip a little bit. Then you saw the third line start to go. And, you know, there's been a few games where maybe he had some chances he couldn't finish. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember what some of the recent games were. But there were a few that he might have left on the table and maybe, you know, he could have really solidified himself there. And then they make the trade. I don't want to bury Yegor Sharangovich today, but I think we've made our fair critiques of his game of, okay, we know what we know what we're seeing. We know what the, the player card looks like. Is he a second liner? Is he a third line? Is he neither? Like, what is he and where does he fit? And I think as we've gone along here, especially as the, the Meyer smoke started, like I think people were, you know, I think maybe it was, maybe it was a few games before Meyer really got going there. I think, the tide started to turn on him in in the bad way, and we'll see what it looks like for him here. You would think you you know you really don't change a winning lineup. That's normally the head coach's habit, and uh, Lindy praised Jesper Boquist uh, effusively in the in the post game. So like, can't imagine we're going to see any lineup changes before we get to the Toronto game. So we'll see. You know, he could be back in soon. You know, one bad thing happens personnel wise. You know, he'll be right back in there, and he'll be asked to to play a role or if everything goes great and there's no issues here, then, you know, he's just your 13th forward waiting in the wings. So I don't want to bury him. Cause I think it's, we know what his flaws are I'm trying to remember the one game where he just didn't finish his check in the neutral zone. It led to a you know a goal the other way. And I think oh, like that was really the breaking point for anyone who was left holding on to him. We'll, we'll see where it goes for him, Dave, but I think it's just a, it's not even a Yegor thing. It's more of a, Hey, the Devils have gotten so much better in terms of players developing or making the right acquisitions that we've gone from Yegor Sharangovich feeling like, hey, in the COVID season, like you found yourself maybe a guy who's a top six player, you know, currently a first liner. I mean, that's what it felt like in the moment. And now the roster has gotten so much better in terms of talent, Dave, and right fits. Let's let's weigh both here is that they've gotten guys who have all gotten better or are great talents or they found right fits in role spots and he just happens to be the odd man out. So I'm choosing to see it that way that, you know, 
the Devils have come so far in two years that Yegor Sharangovich, to find himself the odd man out, if you had said that, I don't know, 12, 16 months ago, you would have said, really? How? And here we are, that the roster in terms of fits in town have gotten so much better that Yegor Sharangovich doesn't look like an everyday lineup player. So I'm, I'm choosing to see it that way because I think we've fairly dissected his flaws along the way here. I think that's really well, well said from you. I know you said that in the discord the other day, and I think that's the, this is the best way to explain it is at some point the devil's roster, or at least for now, and, and we'll see what next year and beyond brings, but their roster doesn't need him right now. And and at a, at, there was certainly a point where they did. And yeah, he's what a maybe 20 goal scorer that has a pretty good shot and can kill penalties, but somehow isn't very good defensively and, and lacks in terms of getting after it. You know, the, there's good and bad to his game. There, mm-hmm. there certainly is like, he's not a schlub. He's not somebody that shouldn't be anywhere in the league and, and going back to uh, Belarus or anything like that. I, I, no, no, that's, that's ridiculous. The, the fact is this team has matured in terms of the quality of their lineup. Jeff, they didn't have enough people to form like a scoring line years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, like again, going back to those those lineups with he felt like so, a godsend. Yeah. Oh, somebody who can actually put the puck in the net yes. a little bit. Cool. And and the evolution of this team in terms of getting a Pilat and and Meyer and and even Hall, you know, thinking of where guys could slot in, Mercer taking another step forward there's just not a, a really good spot for him. And when you look at it and you say, okay, he probably doesn't do enough at the highest level to be a top six. And then if you're looking at what you want in terms of a playoff style, third and fourth line, I don't know if he necessarily brings it enough. Granted, we're probably going to see him at some point in the playoffs. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I mean, I mean, you know what the, the injury report looks like currently. I mean, you know, assuming something, you know, assuming something natural happens yeah. here, you're, you're probably going to see him before the playoffs, I would guess. Sure. Uh, and, quite a bit, and, a few times. And the same way that they've done a good job coaching this staff in terms of Bokefist taking a step, maybe a couple games here out and reflecting and, and watching video as long as he's doing all those things. Maybe it's not a bad thing for him of, you know, you have to play this way. This is this is the level of buy-in you need if you're going to play middle six for this team right now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a great problem to have because that is a talented player, you know, flawed. We, we know, we know yep. the things he doesn't do well, but certainly not somebody. Look, he'd be playing second line on Arizona. Right, right. I, I know it's Arizona, but they have some forwards that are like, he'd probably be playing second line there if not. For sure, third. So, yeah, he he could take he could play J- for any of the bottom ten teams in the league. Pretty close to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, play for a Sharks. He could play for the Blue Jackets. Sure. And you know what? It's not to say that he couldn't come in in a, in a spot and give you a big goal in a big game. He, yep. He could shoot the puck. It's it's just a matter of you're now seeing what this team needs to bring, and also why they went out and spent what they did to go get Timo Meyer. Is you need. You know they have the skill, guys. They have enough pure skill, I I think to to be a contender. Yep. It's all the other things now that are. I'm talking the forward group. I think they've got the high end passing and and look, they might have thirty. They might have five thirty goal scorers this year, which is crazy, including one forty goal scorer. We hope. Uh it. This is this is certainly a different lineup now, and and I I know people want to get on him, and and Yegor has been the the whipping boy in the sense that. 
he's been the guy who's been struggling, but we have to look at it through the right lens, Jeff. And and the way you put it, I think is best is that there was a time when he was, he was valuable and needed on this team. And now the roster's gotten better and and that's just the circumstance and that's okay. It's, it's a different year and next year will be different too. Uh, any major, like, I, I do want to just kind of uh, pick through some guys here along the way. Anything major you really wanted to talk about from this weekend? Or you thought really deserved a focus spotlight? No problem. No, not. not not okay. anything, like, overarching big okay. picture things, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'll just kind of just run through some quick thoughts on some other guys, Dave. I, I thought Jack looked more explosive you know i i kind of left it on the last show show we did uh, across the platforms and like i'm a little concerned I, I saw a little more explosive a little bit more speed so i thought that was good to see and it's uh, interesting he's still still going at about a point per game for the last bunch of games anyway so uh better uh and that you know my leaning pessimistic for a moment there has has worn off like he looked he looked normal on a lot of rush plays a lot of you know he had a couple plays where he just diced through some guys and just drove into the house. So that was good to see. Uh, I thought Nico thought I saw a lot more bull in a China shop, Nico this weekend, like across both games where he was really, I thought he was really digging in on the body and the devils are like, he's going to, when we get to the playoffs, like what, I mean, there's gonna be a ton of linchpins. Like everyone's a linchpin, but you know, can, can he play, against other teams best centers and be just as good if not better than them and do it by getting inside of the body like i thought he got inside in the body a lot this weekend and that you know you saw some long zone shifts you saw some good opportunities it allowed i mean god how many how many golden opportunities did the dawson mercer have this weekend and you know i thought nico was doing a ton of work below the hash marks which i think you know that's gonna have to be a calling card of his because uh, the game's played a lot more below there when we get to the playoffs, and he's going to have to kick it up another notch because his skill set and the way his body is will allow him to do that. So I'm curious what the transformation looks like when we go from March hockey to April hockey for Nico. And it was nice to see him get rewarded. I was hoping he was going to shoot on the two and one in overtime. He did great shot too. It wasn't a cheapy, beautiful, well placed, accurate, well located. Uh, he was good, and my God, Dave Dawson Mercer had he, he could have had ten goals this weekend. He he probably could have had hat trick in the was it the Vegas? I'm already losing track. Watching the two games together was not uh, right for me, but he he could have had hat trick uh, if not a bunch more this weekend as well. Or I guess it was tonight, right? He didn't he didn't score tonight, but his point streak continued. Uh, I'm a little bit nervy about nervous about the karma vibes of that to get a game where you don't score when you maybe you probably likely should have had three. I hope it doesn't turn the other way on him sharply, but uh, any thoughts, Dave, on uh, Jack, Nico, Mercer, some of the uh, the high-end forwards for the Devils this weekend? They could be quick thoughts if you don't have. Uh, I think Jack's been fine. You'll you'll see him pick it up. I, I, get, I think he'll be real good against Toronto, just the feeling. In terms of Nico, yeah. If, if the Devils are going to win a cup soon, it's going to be because he plays the Ryan O'Reilly role. Bingo. Now, I understand that the Devils have a better second line center, but also one that's a little different in terms of way more skilled, but also not big. But he's going to have to be O'Reilly-esque in terms of just you're going to have to outwork people for goals. You are going to have to just find a way. And and 
Jeff, I think Mercer is the perfect person for him because Dawson can play quick skill, quick twitch, but also is is willing to go get dirty or to, to go kind of make a play out of nothing. I think the two of them are really good together and you could, you can make the case. Okay. For the future, maybe you're trying to find the long-term answer to fit with them. We'll see right now. Tatar is playing well. And, and I think Tatar has been the most engaged he's been in terms of uh, for checking and and any time I've yeah. ever watched him play. And, uh, I totally and, agree. Yep. And I'm talking before devils. I've yep. been watching for your Detroit and all that. He just uh, seems like he is understanding that the two of them are giving teams so much, so much to handle that if he goes in there and makes a good play, everything kind of falls apart because the two of them are so dog dogged on the forecheck that all he has to do is be like, all right, I'm gonna go get this puck now. That's kind of sitting around because the two of you are just battling. So it's, it's working right now. They've all been playing really well and it's great to see because there is going to be a simplicity in terms of, can you go get pucks in deep, free them up and, and go make something happen. And, you know, Nico loves to play from behind the net and all that. And that really seems to be his calling card. And, it does feel like that line has what it takes to just keep coming in the playoffs. Just, just get after it. You know, it doesn't have to be pretty, doesn't have to be, you know, a ton of, you know, even, you know, expecting, Oh, the chances are going to be so in your favor. No, you just, you just got to keep coming. And that line has felt that way. And I think as much as the third line being good has helped with that, this line, the more that they're going to keep teams in deep, especially against a team like Toronto coming up, if you can cancel out some of their big guns by just having to defend with that line, getting a puck in deep, it's going to allow you to do so much more with the Jack line. Yep. No, I think Tatar has been laser focused on puck off puck. I mean, the best kid. hockey I've ever seen him play hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, honestly, since for me, since very early in the season too, he's been great. Uh, goaltenders, Dave, I thought Akira looked solid. You know, the one goal, you know, perfect bounce off the boards, you know, total breakdown in the slot on the March or so second goal. You know, the third goal, yeah, maybe he dropped the shoulder a little bit. Or not dropped the shoulder. You're sliding across like that. You you probably can't have the pad that high. But otherwise, I thought I was good with Akira. Uh, VTech, first period, I thought looked really shaky, like not confident in any saves. I thought the last 40, Dave, he, he, he did a little bit better. He did a much better job of having the puck hit him. Now, I don't know if I don't know if I felt conviction in his his game, but I thought the last forty he was definitely did a better job of the puck hitting him uh, along the way. Uh, you know the goals again. How many times were there two or three Devils like down on the ice because they over pursued a coverage on a rush chance? Like I, I've never seen that many before. But uh, you know, any rapid fire thoughts on the uh, the goalies this weekend? Yeah, I thought Kira was fine. Yep. You know, not great, not bad by any means. It's, and you'll take that because it's going to give you a chance to win. And, and certainly he was deserving of a win in terms of what the offense did in front of him. It just didn't happen. He kept it to three and it should have gotten to four. Yeah, VTech wasn't great early, but I, I also thought the Devils defense was a little scrambly today. And yep. even you know the third goal was the one where he dropped, right? Okay. That's the one that bothers me because if you catch that clean, that's it. You know, hit your glove. Yep. But the rest of it was as much on the defense, I thought, as as him. Yep. I, I know it'd say you still finished a little bit under in terms of uh, expected goals and all that. But reality is if he makes the one that I thought he should have had the save, he would have been ahead. 
you go to him twice. So that's kind of how I looked at it is I think that his best was always, he might give up a bad one, but he wasn't giving up one that was going to hurt you. And and maybe he did in a sense today, but also the, 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 the defense did not give him a great showing. And I think a little bit of that was, they were a little lazy. They weren't, yep. uh, they weren't on, at their best. They weren't, you know, all over the puck tonight. Okay. Teams can still make plays. I know it's Arizona and they've been pretty good at home and, and credit to them. They've played good teams tough all year, Jeff. Like this is not a fluke. They, they beat Toronto, didn't they? Uh, yeah. Ha- yeah. I didn't think Arizona mailed in. Like, I guess the devils kind of took it to them in the second period. But other than that, Dave, I thought their, uh, their, their first and their third were plenty solid enough to, mm-hmm be in a hockey or be a competitive game. And even the second period, I thought it was more of the devils just outclassing them. It's not like Arizona didn't try. So uh, I, I thought Arizona put their best foot forward most of the game. So, uh, and, and they didn't home game too, right? <laughs> Both games went to overtime. So give them yeah. credit. Um, third best team in the league or whatever the numbers are for the devils arizona took them there uh both times they've had a little bit of a home ice advantage there for uh, the mullet arena so uh do you want to do the transaction first and then we will do uh Uh, i look for the week or you want to go right into the week just one one more one more thing i want to touch on yeah i think the d and not that they were good tonight but i think just that was just everybody i like the defense of paris right now Mm -hmm. i think ball severson is starting to really be able to give you something the the minutes uh the time on ice breakdown today at five on five was 1632 siegenthaler hamilton 1446 ball severson 1404 graves marino and then there was a couple minutes of graves severson siegenthaler severson which shows you that uh damon was the one that was getting extra shifts out there and also that Maybe at times they were saying, "All right, let me let me not put ball out there," but also probably respecting the game that Severson had because he had a good one. I like the end of the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. I I know I know it's it's almost like we're protecting ourselves because we know that the defense is going to be different next year because just it's just not going to work cap wise. So we don't want to like love it, but we can enjoy it for what it is this mm-hmm. year because who knows how far they can go this year. The Devils have a much deeper defense than a lot of teams in this league. Carolina probably can match up, if not exceed them. Outside of that, uh, sure, Fox is better than anything they have, but Hamilton's not that far behind, and they're a hell of a lot deeper than them beyond that, especially with Ball taking a step forward. Damon Severson is going to probably be on the ice for a bad goal against in the playoffs, and I hope that he doesn't get run out of town if that's the case. Because I also think that him him playing their third pair minutes, because Jeff, a lot of teams really limit their bottom pairs in the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. basically you're playing four with a couple of times where like, yeah, maybe someone plays a special or something like that. And that's kind of how you get your minutes. But Damon Severson allows them to be deeper, to not kill Hamilton or Marino because they can play somebody else on the right side. And and I wonder how much Leash they'll give Kevin Ball, though I think he's deserved a decent amount at least. Uh, Damon could be a, a difference maker for them. That if, if you want to just say being able to split your, your time and, and giving, you know, not having to play Fox 30 minutes because you don't trust anyone else, you know, Damon has that ability to, to make that long pass and kind of do it out of nowhere. The game is sleepy and then he makes a big play. I am looking forward to see what he can do for this team in the playoffs. Yep. 
I don't know if that's going to be the last we're ever going to see of him in a Devils jersey. It probably is. But I'm here for it right now. I'm glad they didn't trade him. Yep. I think he could be a difference maker for them in the playoffs. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who disagree with me. It's fine. We're, we're never going to see eye to eye. I get it. But I think Damon's been more positive than negative. Yep. Uh, and I imagine, too, Dave, when we get to the playoffs, you would think he'll be a little bit extra uh, extra rested five on five because I don't know if Dougie's coming off the ice for a power play. I don't know where Damon's, uh, you know, if assuming a defenseman does not take the penalty, Dave, it's probably going to be a bunch of other guys ahead of him on the PK. So, I mean, he's someone who should be rested, should have plenty of life in his legs come five on five. If, if you get a game that goes to overtime, I would expect to maybe see him pop a little bit more because he'll have a little bit more juice, so to speak, of, as we get to a first overtime, second overtime that, you know, five on five, because he's not playing as much on specials, you know, he'll be, uh, if, if other guys are dragging a little bit as the game's going on, that he, he's going to be ready to go and, and he's going to provide some uh, insurance in that case. But yeah, you know, I think a lot of people have come to the thinking of, we can appreciate what Damon does, but you know, some of that can get wiped away with a big mistake. And honestly, Dave, the last two years, He's not made the big mistake. It, it's it's felt like, uh, or maybe just the or if he uh, has that, the that's relative. You, it depends who you ask on that because there's some people that every time he makes a bad read on a two on one, oh, it's Damon again. And 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 look, he's a tragic player. He's made plenty of mistakes that are bad, and I understand that for some people that's going to be the end all be all with him. Is that you've seen him make that boneheaded play where you're like, dude, come on. But I don't think that tells the whole story with him. No. No, it doesn't, but um, he's the way he plays, or, or excuse me, what his track record of his play is, there's potential for that to be under the microscope come playoff time, as as you alluded to there. So we will see. I, ho- I hope he plays well. I hope that um, he just continues to do what he's doing because uh, it's felt a lot more good the last two years for my mind. And I'm someone who's been pretty hard on him, and I've liked his game a lot the last uh, for quite a bit of time now. Uh, but yes, fair enough there on the on the defense. Uh, do you want to do the transaction, or we want to do looking at the week ahead here? Yeah, let's let's end with the week ahead. Okay, all right. So let's get to the Devils. Did do something? I guess we haven't talked about. Uh, it's been a long uh, forty-eight hours, a little bit longer than that for us here. Uh, we didn't get to it, but the Devils did make one move on deadline day. That was acquiring Curtis Lazar for a fourth-round pick in two thousand twenty-four from the Vancouver Canucks, and it was interesting to see that name. And then you kind of evolve and you do more thinking and, and what it means. They have actually want to talk about a longer outlook first for him. Then we can drill in onto the 22-23 team. But you know, I saw that trade come in. I'm like, hmm, I don't even know if he would slot right into this lineup. You know, I think the mindset of us, Dave, was, all right, bottom six guy. Maybe you can get a third get a third line guy who really fits and really makes the team deep as opposed to just an upgrade over a Wood or a Bastion or whatever. You say, I'm so the name like, eh. And you see fourth round picks like hmm, that might be a little rich considering we saw, you know, far superior players like a Bustad or a Bluger go for similar, a, a touch richer price point return. And then you see, oh, he's under term for two more years and it's one million dollars. And Dave, I think that's the thing. You know, you mentioned it early. Uh, maybe it might have been on Thursday. Of like, hmm, I mean, if they're not going to do a straight rental. Maybe they could start doing some early shopping for next year. And I think seeing how this played out, Dave, I've, you know, I've trusted the front office a lot lately. But to see a team think ahead, you know, it would be easy, Dave. If, if Fitz wanted to, he could have went out and spent the asset for a Bugstad. He could have spent the asset for a Bluger. But you see, you know what? 
why don't I get someone right now who in Curtis Lazar, Dave, is, you know, as we look forward here, I don't know if the Devils are bringing back all the bottom six guys who are expiring. I don't know if Eric Hall is going to be a Devil next year. I don't know if Nathan Bastion or or who, all these other guys, I don't know if they're going to be Miles, Miles Wood. I don't know if these guys are going to be Devils next year. So what can you do with a Curtis Lazar in a guy who, you know, plays decent defense? You know, offensively, you know, he can cycle and support a play. Is he going to finish a lot of plays off? No, but he's not incapable of, you know, long shifting someone or, or finding the next guy to keep a shift going. And he's is really solid on the forecheck. Like Dave, you know, I don't know how much he's going to play this year, but I think the big part of this is the Devils found themselves at the least what a, a fourth line guy who can maybe be a center, maybe be a winger, face off. You know, I read in a few places from Vancouver people that you know they wanted him to be a big part of the penalty kill, and the penalty kill in Vancouver was just a joke. I think it still is. It's like in the 60th percentile. So maybe don't take all of his PK numbers for heart, if you will. But they're going to need guys to play at certain prices the next few years. And they got a guy who, like, Dave, he might not play much this year, but he could play 160 games across the 24, 25 seasons as a fourth liner, be reliable, have an identity, and maybe do some special teamwork in the PK department. I mean, the devil, I mean, it's a marginal thing currently, but the Devils did some decent work getting a guy on the roster who's cost control for two years to fill a depth role when. Everyone who's played well in this Devils team, Dave, have done something. They're all going to be looking for raises. Here's a guy who they've got now they don't have to give a raise to and can probably do the work for them, maybe for half a million less, 750K less. This stuff will matter going forward. It's funny. I actually got this one right. Uh, not <laughs> not the player, but I started to look at, at the the guys who were remaining and thinking, I don't know how much there is left. Why wouldn't they instead, if they're going to spend the pick, try to find something that makes them a little bit more steady for next year, a little bit of uh, cost certainty, because you're going to need something somewhere in terms of that. It's going to get real tight real quick next year, especially if they do want to bring somebody back. That's going to cost a lot of money. I'm talking beyond Meyer and Brad contracts. Sure. Tatar. Um, yeah. Could be Hala. Yep. Those guys could cost a little coin. Graves. Even you think yep. Severson's too much, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he's not, I, I, but they're going to need every, every penny if they're going to do that. So I think Lazar is somebody who plays a tough game. Apparently he's really well liked by his, his teammates. Yeah. He's not going to give you a ton of goals, but he's the, hard hat lunch pail kind of guy. He's going to go out there and give you an honest shift every game. And we've certainly seen the fourth line not have all that sometimes. So whether or not he gets in or stays in or anything like that, it remains to be seen. But this is a guy that you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to be someone who it's not, it's not Mason Gertzen where what the hell are you doing? Putting him in there. This is a guy that blocks a lot of shots. He's tough. Sure. You're not getting any sort of goal scoring out of him. Okay. But if you're really looking at what a cheap 13th forward could be 14th forward kind of thing, or somebody that when you have injuries and you just say, okay, I just need to stalemate this position. I don't need to put in somebody that's going to maybe give me goals, but also be tough defensively. I'm just going to put this guy in and know I'm going to get an honest day's work out of him. So I think for, from that standpoint that they have him beyond this year is a good thing. It's just, they needed a little, they need every bit of cheap yep. labor that they can find essentially, because it's, it's not going to get easy. So I thought this was a smart move for now in terms of, yeah, he he's 
he gives you a little protection of your 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 bottom your your fourth line, but also I think gives you something for the future. I'm not saying that this is a great player or this would have been my oh, first yeah. move or anything like that, but I I really felt that this was where you could find something was to go find someone who's a little bit down a roster that has a, cu- a couple years left. And that's what they did. And and the number is really good. It's not like you're paying them two and a half or anything like that, where that, that million five could really hurt. He's making a million bucks. That's that's all things considered kind of cheap. So I like it. I, I think he's somebody that if you need to block more shots, you could put in a game in a playoff situation. Yep. Uh, I mean, Dave, from what I understand, like you said, honest work, like, Doodle forecheck. You you want to talk about forecheck in the playoffs? Uh, whether you whether he's an injury replacement or whether he's in the actual legit starting healthy starting lineup, like he'll forecheck. He'll get after it. He's got a motor. Uh, he'll play with an edge. He'll finish a check. Like yeah, for for anyone who likes the this type of player in terms of role. And Dave, you, I, I think you're with me too. Like I I think we we like the I think the identity of the player. And again. The fit and identity totally matched up here again, right? Fits one, and I guess he's you know two hundred something pounds. He's six and change. Like, yeah, this is exactly what they were looking for. And I'll be honest, Dave. You know, if we're looking forward here, uh, want to guess here and take a break from the twenty two twenty three season. Like, I think he's the Miles Wood replacement, is he not? Like, he's going to play uh, fourth. Like, they're not going to spend whatever money on Miles Wood. He's going to play next year. Like I see him potentially being in the starting lineup next year on opening night. I see him potentially playing, you know, 130, 40, 50 games for the team next year. I think that's where the value is. And, you know, I think you have, Absolutely. Spend, I think you have, and, and for that, you know, if it seemed a little rich, a fourth round pick, like, no, I think if you take someone who you feel is actually, a, let's call him an 11th or 12th forward, if you will, uh, or maybe say 13th, but I think you can absolutely be 11th or a 12th forward. And if you're going to get 130, 40, 50 games out of that, it's well worth a fourth round pick, especially, you know, con- you know what in the future picks are considered, uh, you know, lesser anyway, if you will. Right. So it's not even a fourth round of this year if you're really talking about marginal stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, I like the move. Again, I've never I've never trusted the front office more of, you know, they've like no one else. Uh, now, again, I didn't really read the full wraps on the trade deadline kind of got buried this weekend uh, trying to catch up on everything. But. Like I don't think I, you you saw everyone else making their moves for their depth role players. They most of them had their expiring deals, right? And Vince is going out and shopping. You know what? I can probably get the equivalent of a Bluger in a Lazar, and let me spend maybe similar price point, but I'll, I'll have the player for two more years. And if he stinks, whatever, he's a million bucks. You can bury him in the minors. He's not going to count extra on your cap. Um, he's under the one point one two five million dollars so as far as getting him in here dave and i guess he's having some visa issues getting or just i guess normal visa process i don't even know if it's issues but from canada to the united states you know i think right now we, we kind of already been over where the lines are I, I don't think he's a third line player uh, i think i think we can mostly be in agreement on that like I, I do not see him as a third line player i think he's the perfect mcleod insurance if you get injured he's a guy who can take a face off I think he's just a perfect 13th forward. Uh, if you ever need to, ch- if you don't love a bottom six, you change him out. He's going to come in. He's going to hit it, everything in sight. He's going to get the crowd going in a home playoff game. Like the identity is very niche and narrow, Dave. But I think right now for me, I'll go what I said on deadline day. I think right now he's a 13th forward. Like I don't see them benching Miles Wood, whether you like that or not. I don't see that happening. They like McLeod. McLeod's too valuable with the faceoffs, the way they value them. He's not coming out. It's really just going to be a Bastion thing at this point, right? So 
And I guess Sharon Govich is kind of fighting in that mix as well, although, you know, he's never going to take a fourth line shift, you would think. So, you know, Dave, where do you see him right now? I mean, I guess there's not a ton of spots for him, but, you know, I would kind of just wait him in the wings and he's not, not a secret weapon, but anytime you feel like something's a tick off or, or you need to a little bit light, a little bit of fire or get the boys going a little bit, so to speak, that he'd be, you know, you just drop him in and he doesn't need, that's the other thing to do. He doesn't need to be in a rhythm. Like maybe Bass needs to be in a rhythm and he needs to get games and get games and get games. But Lazar, you can just airdrop into a, a game, a series, and he will play his role well, which is very helpful. So where, where do you kind of see him on the, if we're talking about 22, 23, where do you see Curtis Lazar? Definitely a fourth liner. I, I do not think he's a third liner. No. I know there was people who were thinking, oh, in in a pre-blossoming Bogfist world, yes. if you think he was the man out, which I think he's telling you, shove it, if that's what we're thinking right now. No, I Curtis Lazar is a fourth liner. Uh, I I think I don't think there's much more to it than that. And 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 to your point on on Bastion, yeah, he's been up and down. I think what is starting to come out of it a little bit, though. I I don't know if I'd say I trust him right now. McLeod playing really good hockey, so you don't have to necessarily worry about him at the moment. But yeah, I I think he is someone that you know what you're going to get, and that's important because. The idea of if a Graham Clark coming up or a foot or Sharon Govich being your guy, like what if they have a fourth line injury? Who was the guy who's coming in to bring that same element? Yep. They didn't really have that. And now really didn't. Yeah. Now are there names that you could have said, Oh, I'd prefer this person. Okay, sure. But also you were looking for a winger if you wanted to keep McLeod at center. So this was this was needed. I, I don't know if again I'm not sure he would have been at the top of my list or anything like yep. that, but I understand what they're doing in terms of they needed the kind of guy that or even if look, even if you have other injuries and you have to move Miles to a third line or something. Correct. I know you don't want to do that, but shit happens. Yep. You can pop him in there and you're just gonna get the the non-sexy just go to work and take a shift kind of day from him and that certainty helps come playoff time especially with an old school coach uh he knows he could put him in somewhere and kind of just let it be stalemated and then kind of figure everything else so there was a deficiency there i think we all knew that one way or another whether it was a third liner fourth liner tweener whatever obviously he's more on the lower side of that but yeah i, I like this move I, I think there are there are multiple angles to look at it, and, and it certainly was a deficiency in terms of, of this kind of player. All right, David. Why don't we talk about the fun week ahead? Now we're really about to have some fun here with the teams that are coming in. So the Devils will play four games this week. Home Toronto, away Washington, away Montreal, home Carolina. I love all the games. I think all the games are a lot of fun for a lot of different reasons. Just from a storyline standpoint forget even getting into the on ice matchup stuff like yeah i think we are all want to see toronto at home again especially after what happened on november 23rd like i think we all want to see it again maybe it be matt murray again too with the knocking over the post things and the ridiculous amount of shit he did you know the few games after that it was annoying washington no matter what you think of them as a playoff team just to see their style and they've been a headache for the devils we talked about the idea of Washington a few weeks ago of wanting to see them again. And I think you agree with that, Dave, like let's see them again. Montreal hockey night in Canada up, uh, up at the bell center, hopefully a bad taste in their mouth. And they want to just drive them through the boards uh, on the scoreboard, on the ice, whatever. 
And then I haven't looked uh, what the standings are, Dave, but Sunday night in New Jersey, home against Carolina. I would love to see the division be in play here. And maybe it might not be possible just because it's a lot of games to get through here. But the Devils are two points back. They've played one extra game. Maybe as you're riffing here too, Dave, I'm going to bring up the uh, the Carolina schedule for this week. But I've got it up already if you want it. Okay, you're ready. It is, um, it is not necessarily conducive for them dropping points. Yeah, they are at Montreal. They have four games this week too. At Montreal, home Philly, home Vegas, then in New Jersey. So if you had a bet right now, division probably not up for grabs on Sunday. But boy, Dave, I can't imagine... Uh, the Devils pick up a few more wins here, uh, you know, two or three more wins before they get to the Carolina game. I mean, that game will feel like, I, I imagine anyway, a Sunday night, uh, I think a Sunday night crowd's fun. There's no more football. Like, I think it was the the Winnipeg uh, game, right? Like, they, it was pretty lit for that from uh, what we heard. Like, that would be a lot of fun. To get basically a playoff game for the division legitimately a month before the playoff starts would be great. So before we, I guess, dig into any on ice stuff Dave there's a maybe not the Montreal game but three of four if not four of the four matchups are a lot of fun there's a lot of good storyline and intrigue here yeah March March was going to be crazy and and now we're kind of into it sure they already got through the first crazy part I mean Colorado Vegas on the road is is tough and and certainly they, they got for better or worse they got three out of the four points out of those teams and then got two out of Arizona but now, now it's it's kind of go time here. It doesn't get any easier <laughs> after that. Hell, at the end of March here, they have a at Buffalo home Ottawa, then at Islanders. All three teams that are going to be basically almost do or die by that point. Yes, you're right. They, they they have there's a chance. I know we're getting ahead here, but I just find this interesting. There's a chance they could eliminate all three of those teams in succession. <laughs> probably well, not. I'd love to know the math on that. Probably not because there's probably still too many games left in yeah. April. Because I know the se- the season's like a-, a week ahead this year. But like, you could throw a dagger in their heart mm-hmm. though for sure. Yeah. And then of course they play Buffalo at home and the Capitals to finish the year. So uh, that's interesting in there. But in terms of this week, we'll get to Toronto in a second. Yeah, Capitals as you said, always a barometer. I don't care. They still have Oshie. They still have Wilson. They still have Ovechkin. I like that it's on the road too. That one. Yeah, I like that's, that's still yeah. going to be a tough game. And and Washington can do that thing where they don't try and they get down a ton or they can go out and just blitz you and just score a bunch of goals. It's just, they're, they're still, they are still very dangerous. And I think they will be even as they kind of fade out off from maybe being a playoff team. They can still catch anybody though. And I think that's going to be who they are for the next few years is that yeah, you should beat them, but you may not. Montreal, yeah, I would love to see them be better. Uh, I guess I'll go, yeah, f- uh, here's the thing. The Toronto game is going to set the, the tone for the rest of the week. This is the game where, you know, the, the last time they were here, the throwing of the stuff, I would guess, Jeff, the the um, the Toronto broadcast is probably going to lead off with that. <laughs> or at some point, we'll have to check. Uh, go mention, back and check. Yeah, they're yeah. going to make mention of the stuff being thrown. Uh, I think anybody who's anywhere in the league is going to want to make that reference right away, and they're going to want to. They're going to be out for blood. I think with the the, the New Jersey fans, like I le- legitimately believe the the Toronto media is going to want to create something with the fans out of this. Sure. They're, they're going to want that angle because it's juicy and all that. Can can yep. they solve Murray, please? Uh, 
God, like I need to stop liking his dogs. I'm gonna unfollow. <laughs> Seriously, they don't put more than three past him, and when I'm I'm unfollowing his dogs. He's got awesome dogs, but I can't I can't deal with him anymore. He was so good against him twice. Uh, this it's huge. Anytime you play Toronto, it's huge. They've been kind of up and down. They did so much roster tweaking, and if you think that the Devils are in a spot where they've been rolling lines now, outside of Timo figuring it out, well, Toronto's sort of figuring their thing out as well. So. Huge game, and Jeff, I'm hoping it could be two points or less going into the Sunday game against Carolina because you know it gets real tough after that. But yep. if you have a chance to either tie, I know obviously Carolina will still have a game in hand, but if you can tie them or pass them in points with a with a regulation win or even an overtime win, that's going to feel huge. Like that's that's a as big a regular season game as they've played in forever. So. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's more coming that week afterwards, but uh, this is a fun week. This is every kind of storyline you could ask for. Really good teams, teams that have been uh, previous nemesises, recent nemeses. I don't know. what. Sure. Yep. Let's go with that. (laughs) Yeah. Nemesi. <laughs> so, sure. So, someone, someone who knows the English language better than us, please tell us what the, the plural that I think is nemeses, but who knows? Yep. Ah, this is fun. This is really fun. I, I cannot wait for it's funny. I'm not going to be able to watch probably I'll be able to watch the Carolina game, the Toronto game. I will not be able to watch a second of the Washington games <laughs> and, and Montreal games. I'm going to have to watch those back Sunday, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for Tuesday. Cannot wait for Tuesday. This is as, as excited as for a regular season game as I've been just because I love the, the baggage that comes with playing to Toronto. <laughs> you know, you could always, you're always a crazy thing away from a dangle explosion. Uh, the league is going to talk about it. Everyone's going to be tuned in. Yeah. You know, Timo goes off. Everyone's going to know about it. Like you can't hide against Toronto and that's still a good team though. They've been trying to figure it out. I, I, I really hope the Devils, if the Devils play the Vegas game against them, granted Murray could probably do the same thing, but I would like to hope that they can bring a, a similar Vegas type effort because I, I don't know. There's some juice here, Jeff. There, these two teams are probably going to, I do believe unless Toronto goes to a real bad place, I still think there's a chance these two run into each other in the playoffs at some point. Oh my God. We've been saying it for six seven years now we're finally just getting to the point of okay now we got a shot at it forget mm-hmm. the idea of it when we were talking about it after those uh calder cup playoff series you went to <laughs> what feels like eons ago uh yes especially if you feel like especially the devils have been dictating pay and play and uh and pace lately i mean those both those toronto games were you know, pretty tight. I guess maybe the Devils had a little bit of edge in the game in, in Toronto but before they tied it on the Nylander goal, but for the most part, tight games. It's been so long since they played Washington. I want to see it again. Uh, and then Carolina, I mean, those. I mean, the last two games have been wild. The, the game here at home where it was tight and then Blackwood, you know, threw away the one puck and then made a ton of saves in the third, but they couldn't get anything going. They lost in the shootout. And then the, the two goal comeback game, like those game, those have been the last two, the first game they got killed, I guess the devils, the last two games against Carolina have been absolute roller coasters, heart in your throat. And I hope that's the game on, uh, that's the case on Sunday night. I think a bunch of us are, uh, going, I know I'm going a couple guys from the discord are, are going. I can't wait for that. Uh, we're gonna, gonna try and make that more of an NFL style game. I'm trying to get there a few hours early and really get rowdy for that one because 
I mean, that will set the, if you come away with wins against, especially those two teams, like, I mean, that's kind of your launching pad into Tampa, Florida. And then after that, as you said, more teams that don't matter as much, but Rangers aren't waiting too far along here. Like I've been, I've been engaged here, Dave, like I'm ready to really lock it in now, like to a point of cyborg laser focus of just, just being on everything right now. Like normally I won't turn on a game myself. Like I'll catch it in passing or I'll kind of have it on the background. Now I'm ready to entirely sink my teeth into like any game that's going on, anything that could have any type of even like secondary or tertiary tentacles to where the devils are in the division or who they're going to potentially play. Like everything in the East now, you know, I guess besides the Atlantic teams that are locked in, I guess I don't care about that unless they're playing a team that's in the Metro or might be in a wild card. Like, like we're right at the point of, okay, maybe not the Rangers anymore. Let's keep an eye on Carolina. Let's see what, you know, is Pittsburgh going to, is Pittsburgh going to catch the Rangers? Are they going to sit in the wild card firmly or who else is out there? So I don't know. We basically went off everything. You said there any closing thoughts, uh, like I'm ready. I, I myself, in terms of just being quote in it, I'm ready to be in it to another level myself. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. Especially looking at this week and thinking, okay, this is this is really the pivot here. You're starting to get to 20, and then that number really starts. You know, when you get to 10, then it's like okay, and they're going to start to get to a point total here where you're like, that was a good year, and there's still a lot more games to play, and mm-hmm. and it's also like they're you know clinching numbers and all those kind of things are are hopefully going to come sooner than later. But just one more thing on Toronto, mm-hmm. so they've been they've been throwing Kerfoot with Matthews and Marner and Yarncroke with Tavares and Nylander. Obviously, they're looking at it as as duos in a sense, Bears, and that's yeah, what they've yeah, been doing. Yeah. You know, Bunting's been up there and all that, but they've been rolling Bunting, O'Reilly, Lafferty as their third line, and and Camp with Gustafson and Achari as their fourth line. Achari is the best player out of that bunch, but that's a that's a third line that if 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 we want to get a test of where the Devils are at with their bottom six, assuming sure. that the top sixes can at least like stalemate each other in one way or another, let, let's see what a Halla line can do against the O'Reilly line if they end up matched up against so each other. O'Reilly did get injured this weekend. I don't did know he? the severity. Okay, I yeah, I don't know. Up your body injury. I don't think it's clear whether he's even day to day or Ma- not. Matthews blocked a shot too, right? I saw that one. Ooh, yes. That's okay. That's that's was, intriguing. He was in a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. So if if O'Reilly's out, boy, I don't know what they're gonna have to shake it up or not. But boy, you feel really good whether they're gonna. I mean, are they gonna delete a little bit from those first second lines and try and lengthen the lineup, or are they just gonna go with a bottom six that could be ugly? I don't know um, if O'Reilly's out. So. All right, we will be around. Uh, we'll, yeah, highly likely do something Tuesday night, right? That sound good to you? And then we'll we'll figure the rest of the week yeah. out. Maybe it's me flying solo, and Dave will catch up on uh, his own thing at the end of the week. But uh, we'll figure it out, and we'll and we'll we'll get some stuff out to y'all. So okay, lock it in. We're ready to go here. It is. It's been a playoff push, but now we're you know we're what we're a month to go here. So let's get after it. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye.